Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Friday, December 29th. Happy TikTok Day, which does not celebrate Chinese spyware, but reminds us that the new year is coming up fast. So if there's anything you still need to do, best get after it or else. Or else what, you ask? Well, you'll have to do it next week, I guess. Today is also still need to do day, which is pretty much the exact same thing as a TikTok one. Now, call me crazy, but having to put something off till Tuesday don't really seem all that disastrous to me. Slightly inconvenient, maybe, but hardly worth carving a whole day out of the calendar for, let alone two at the same time. I mean, I get it. What with today's overly coddled snowflake culture, that flat comes unglued over mildly inappropriate language, actual female athletes, and live babies, all them Karens would probably jump at this chance to throw a fit for no reason. I suppose every problem's just an opportunity in disguise. Which brings me to National Pepper Pot Day, which today also is, and which does not celebrate Iron Man's girlfriend, but soup. Let me explain. No, it's too much. Let me sum up. In July of 1776, when it was nice and warm out, the Americans declared their independence from England, which they knew'd start a war, but figured they'd knock it out in 15 minutes and go on home. Seb England beat them like they stole something for the next year and a half, and on this date in 1777, they was camped out in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania under six feet of snow, with no food or warm clothes and half of them barefoot. Conditions us pampered modern folk ain't never even come close to suffering. We get spun up if the waitress don't put the butter on the side. But they didn't complain. They went around foraging for every last edible thing they could find, up to and including guts and beaks and feet, and threw the whole mess in a pot with a little pepper for soup. Hence the name. Now that's double tough. Our reading for today is Zechariah 14, 1-21, Revelation 20, 1-15, Psalm 148, 1-14, and Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. So if y'all are ready, now, I ain't making no comparisons or nothing, but there's a reason waitresses hate working the Sunday church crowd. I'm just saying. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 28th in the Old Testament, we read Zechariah 12, 1 through 13, 9. And that starts out, The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens, and layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within him. And there's that stretching the heavens thing again. And you can only stretch three-dimensional space if there's a fourth dimension to stretch it into. And that's a pretty advanced concept for an ancient desert dweller. Of course, he was talking to God. And the way this is written in Hebrew, it says that God is always or constantly stretching and laying and forming, as if to say he's always maintaining his creation. And verse 2 says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. And a cup is usually symbolic of God's wrath, which we haven't seen yet. But Jerusalem is certainly burdensome for all other nations. I mean, everybody wants to take it away from Israel or make it a multinational city or some such nonsense. And why? There's no harbor, no river. There's no significant trade routes going through there. There's no natural resources. It's not strategic. The reason is it's because the Jews live there. And the world hates Jews, because it's the Jews that will one day ask the Messiah to return. So if the beast system can get rid of the Jews, 
they can't ask for Jesus to come back and it gets to run things forever, is one theory. And the next few verses basically talk about God empowering Israel over their enemies, militarily. That's what horses and riders symbolize as military. But verse 8 says specifically that it's the Lord that defends them. And I'm fairly certain that's what's happening right now. There's an old show from the History Channel called Tales of the Gun. And there's one episode called Guns of Israel about the Israeli War for Independence. And you can watch it for free on YouTube. And I suggest you do. Because there's no way they should have won that fight without God's help. And I'll post a link if I can remember. And verse 9 just flat spells it out says, And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Then, check this out. It says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. So in that day, God will cause a spiritual change in Israel and they'll turn to see the one they pierced in the hands and feet and side and around the skull bone too with that crown of thorns and they'll mourn and repent for killing the firstborn. And that's what we're all waiting for. So do it anytime you're ready. But it ain't time yet. And here's something else that'll freak you out. In that verse between the words me and whom, there's a little bitty word that doesn't get translated. It's just two letters, an aleph and a tau which are the first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And that actually happens a lot in the Old Testament, and it's never translated. In the Greek, that'd be Alpha and Omega. So does that get your attention? So what it says is, They shall look upon me, the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, whom they have pierced. So here's Jesus as God in the Old Testament. Anyway, they'll mourn and regret that they blew it 2,000 years ago. In chapter 13, In that day there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Probably meaning in the day of the Lord when he finally comes back, the cleansing blood of Jesus will be made available to the Jews after they turn to him. Verse 2, he'll cleanse the land of idols and unclean spirits. In verse 3, false prophets will be gotten rid of. And the prophet shall be ashamed every one of his vision when he hath prophesied and will deny being a prophet. They'll be like, no, I'm a sheep herder. And verse 6 speaks of the Messiah again. It says, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Because that's exactly what happened. In verse 7, When he was crucified, they smote the shepherd and the sheep scattered. Not the church, in this case, but Israel, referring to the diaspora. And verse 8, And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people, and they shall say, The Lord is my God. And in the Holocaust, about one in three Jews were killed. So what some people say is, this refers to two of three Jews being killed in the Great Tribulation, as a way to refine them and get them to the point where they call on their Messiah. And I don't know about the two out of three thing, But that is what's going to happen. They're going to turn to Jesus and he'll come back. Refine like silver and test it like gold. They will call on him. He will answer, saying, essentially, you are mine. Tried faith is precious in the sight of God. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 19, 1 through 21. So we just learned all about Mystery Babylon. Now we see the return of the king, the real king, not that tedious Peter Jackson movie. Verse 1 
And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up for ever and ever. Remember yesterday when he said to rejoice because Babylon is fallen? Well, here they are rejoicing. In verse 4, And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And this is the last appearance of the twenty-four elders. They apparently become the bride after this. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of many thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, straight out of Handel's Messiah. (laughs) And verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. So here's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And notice that it's granted and not earned. And that's us. We're the bride, the church, not Israel. But we just talked about how the blood of Jesus will be made available to them once they call on him. So maybe they get folded in somehow. Hosea was told to marry a prostitute as a symbol of Israel's whoredoms and to love her in spite of it. So I have to believe God would not just abandon his chosen people like the replacement theologists think. Verse 10, John tries to worship the angel, but he stops him and says to worship Jesus instead. Because angels trying to get worship is what caused this whole mess in the first place. Mm. And verse 11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. So here he comes, and we're coming with him. Yes. In verse 12, His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And I don't know how much more you need to hear. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's us. Sounds like a blast. Let's do it. But we're more of a cheerleading section than an army, though, Mm because out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Again, I don't know how much more clear we can make it. Verse 17, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. This is not the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is very different. This has to do with the battle we're about to fight. In verse 19, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And that's a bad move. In verse 20, And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. And they stay there for a thousand years. Then we hear from him again, but we'll get to that later. In verse 21, And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And Zechariah 14, verses 2 through 4, talks all about this, but I won't reread that here. 
And this is where Jesus takes the throne of David here on earth to rule. And I can't even imagine what that's like. Jesus defeats all with the sword of his mouth. His words are irresistible. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 147, 1 through 20. And they don't know who wrote it or when, but certainly it was after the captivity and probably after the rebuilding of the temple. Because he says stuff like, the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. Otherwise, it's a straight up praise psalm. Praising God for his goodness and mercy and omnipotence. He takes care of the animals. He controls the weather. He lifts up the weak and knocks down the strong. Verse 19 and 20, he gave Israel his law. And he didn't do that for any other nation. Yeah. And I want to go back to verse 11. The Lord favors those that fear him. Those who wait for his loving kindness. So sing praises to God. There are unending reasons for praising him. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 31, 1 through 7. And these are the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. And nobody knows who that is. He might be Hezekiah or Solomon, or he might be just made up as a literary device. But I'm saying he was probably real because the mother reference seems too specific. The name Lemuel means for God or devoted to God. And his mom was spitting bars, so he started writing them down. She told him, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Don't spend so much time in the harem that you got no energy to run the country, which, darn mom, boundaries. And verses 4 through 7 are basically, don't be a drunk. It'll pervert your judgment, make you depressed and poor and miserable, and it'll end up killing you. So mom, don't play. Yeah, yeah. She's telling her king son, don't drink, don't even desire strong drink. Don't taste it and don't consider the intoxication for even a moment. It will distort good judgment. Wine and strong drink are for the bitter and perishing. As for the king, open your mouth and do justice. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 29th is Zechariah 14, 1-21. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Yea, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day, that the light shall not be clear nor dark. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night. But it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord, and his name one. All the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rimmon south of Jerusalem. And it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the place of the first gate, unto the corner gate, and from the tower of Hananiel unto the king's wine presses. And men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction. 
but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up, and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen, that come not up, to keep the feast of tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt, and the punishment of all nations, that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. In that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord, and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts. And all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them, and seed therein. And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Our reading in the New Testament for December 29th is Revelation 20, verse 1-15. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night for ever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Our reading in Psalms for December 29th is Psalm 148, 1-14.
Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them for ever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons, and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. And our reading in Proverbs for December 29th is Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And that'll do it for the 29th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Daniel 3, 17 and 18, which says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a couple times and meditate with me on this prayer for boldness in the new year, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, when Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to deny you, they boldly refused, even in the face of death. Even today, all around the world, your children face injury and death for refusing to deny you, Lord. Still, many do deny you, for little or no persecution, even for convenience. If we have done so, Father, we repent of loving the world. And we ask your help in the new year and beyond that you strengthen our faith. We care not for the worldly cost, but for the heavenly reward. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them in some kind of way. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family, especially Dusty and his poor little boxer dog who had a really difficult surgery a couple days ago and is suffering something terrible. And if there's anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. I know it's tough. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the bottom. Eh, what's bottom, y'all? I've never heard of that. I don't know what one of those is.